This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. It's the last episode of season two. We got an episode out almost every day during this season, but I had a little bit of a mix up with the last episode, of course. So I had a last minute stand in who's awesome. My Francis is a journalist and essayist. She's been a commentator on CNN. She's been interviewed on NPR's 1A show. And she helped me start a podcast network. It's called Critical Frequency. This podcast is on it. She and I have a podcast coming out on it soon. She's mentioned a few interesting snippets about her mom in the past. She'd kind of casually drop in, oh, my mom was a teen mom, like several years before she had me. Or she'd say, oh, my mom, you know, never lets us get away with X, Y, Z. So I've been curious to have her on this show for a while. And she did not disappoint. Growing up, Maya says her mom was not the one showing up at school with cookies. She was working. And oftentimes her dad would be the one to go on field trips and things like that. But she says her mom always was there for PTA meetings, any kind of shows, and that she is fiercely protective of her kids. We got into all of that, plus issues around race, being a woman, and a lot more in this episode. I'm Amy Westervelt, and this is Tell Me About Your Mother. I kind of want you to start with the story of your mom's early experiences with motherhood and also like when, I don't know, like how that was kind of revealed to you. You know, I don't think that it was necessarily the plan, but one of the things is, you know, in having a big family, like you have a lot of hands to pitch in. And it's really interesting because, um, you know, my mom was the, my mom was the second of seven. Um, My oldest aunt, um, who was a year older than her. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom and my aunt were pregnant in and around the same time too. So it's actually oh, interesting cool. because our family is kind of split generationally. Mm-hmm. Um, so I am what they call the oldest of the youngest um, because of the gap between um, my siblings and then, um, you know, and me. Yeah. So a lot of my cousins and my siblings grew up like almost as siblings yeah and then there's like this gap and then starts me and everybody after me yeah um so yeah I mean for my mom you know she um she was a parent of two you know by the time she was like 22 which is insane to think yeah (laughs) um and so you know or whatever the math is on that I guess because yeah Mm -hmm. even thinking about it now if she was a freshman when she had her second kid, she was actually not even like 21. She was probably like 18 or something mm-hmm. or 18, 19. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so, you know, with her, you know, she always says, you know, um, she, we were actually just talking about this the other day and she talks, she just continues to say like, I was very blessed. I was very blessed. Yeah. Um, because my grandmother, you know, really helped my mom, 
you know, early on because my mom was still able to finish school in time. That's awesome. Um, and then, um, you know, my great grandmother was also really instrumental in helping too. Mm-hmm. Um, and generationally, that's kind of interesting because when I come along later, like my great grandmother was also very instrumental in helping raise me. Really? Yeah. Aww. So it's like a good, like a good feel good story. Um, yeah. And I guess for me, like, I don't know that it was ever really explained to me right but I was like a smart kid and I could do math (laughs) and so I think when I got older like I started to realize like hey like you know my siblings don't live with us but that's partially because like they're adults right like my sister and I are 15 years apart wow um 14 15 I always get this right and she always knows and I always forget but 14 Mm -hmm. or 15 years apart and then she and my brother are two years apart Mm -hmm. um And so, yeah, like after a while, I was like, oh, hey, like my family is like different because like I have siblings, but they don't live here. They're like adults or whatever, like out in the world doing stuff. Yeah. Um, So it was never formally explained. Right. And then my dad has, um, you know, a son, too, who's also my sister's age. You know, so I have another brother. And so like they're all the same age. And then there's me. Yeah. Um, And so it it was it was less like an explanation and more like a realization on my part and going, Oh, okay. Well, like my parents have, you know, like, I, I think for me, it was like the realization that like your parents have lives that precede you. Right. Yeah. Like, it's not like you get here and then like people start Life living. Begins. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I think the weird thing about that is it's um, always helped me to like appreciate my parents as people. Yeah. Right, who have their own story that are entirely different and independent from me. So yeah. So are you the only one from your mom and dad? These yes. are both with different people before. Yep. Okay. Okay. That's so I'm the too. only person of the David and Janet Francis union. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So what's the earliest memory you have that kind of sets the tone for how you think of your mom it doesn't have to be like the earliest (laughs) time wise but like what's the moment where you're like this is who my mom is okay i got one um so my mom has beautiful beautiful green eyes sometimes they're gray yeah yeah, sometimes they're like a light brown like Mm -hmm. they morph depending on like the season and like the light outside and Mm -hmm. whatever Mm -hmm. um and my mom um loves to shop Mm -hmm. so um my earliest memories of of her in general is like you know on weekends we would go places like she was like oh come with me to the mall and when I was a kid like that was like (laughs) the last thing I wanted to do right because she could be in there like all day and I'm like come on lady (laughs) like um but I remember and it's like one of my favorite memories of her like we would go to the stores that she often frequented right Mm -hmm. so people know her name so that's like one of First of all, that's one of the first things I remember about my mom. Like when we go places, people are like, oh, hi, Mrs. Francis. I'm like, what? what's happening here that you're here often enough that people can greet you like first, last name, whatever. Um, and she like makes friends, you know, with the ladies in the store or whatever, because she's mm-hmm. there all the time. She's very conscious about um you know who rings her up like because she wants certain people to have their commissions like she's very thoughtful in that way. That's so cute. Yeah. Um but the other thing I really remember is like going through the store and people stopping her and saying, "Oh my god, you have beautiful eyes." Mhm. And being like, "Oh, well yeah, she she does," right? And I think that that was like my first realization that like my mom is a beautiful person right that people Mm -hmm. are coming up to her and they're stopping her to like compliment her on her eyes and like 
her, you know, being very gracious about it and like smiling or whatever and just realizing mm-hmm. like, you know, like, oh, like my mom's cute. Like people, you know, people are, are noticing things about her. Yeah. Um, in the mall at Saks, you know, <laughs> going to Saks and being like, oh my God, like your eyes are beautiful. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. Do you feel like you, I mean, you kind of alluded to this earlier, but do you feel like you started to think of your mom as like a human earlier because you had this realization of like, oh, my mom had this like whole life and like yeah. another family before me? Yeah, I think with her and, you know, one thing I think my mom is, is, it's really interesting about her, right, is that she is totally about, you know, protecting her story, knowing what her story is, knowing what her motivations are. My mom is very, like, um, direct and assertive, and I get a lot of that from her. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, she's also very, like, I don't know you an explanation about what happened when you weren't here, right? Yeah, like, yeah. You know, like this is my story and this is my life, and like she'll pointedly tell you, tell me, like that's none of your business, right? <laughs> like she's very good at boundary setting. So like, yeah. there have been times growing up where I would ask her any number of questions about her, about my dad, about family, about whatever, and she'd be like, "That's none of your business," and I'd be like, "Okay, whatever." Right. Um, and I think that. You know, as opposed to like in some families, you know, people might not lie, but tell tell a story, you right? Know, whatever that story is to fit that narrative. Like she is totally a person who lives her life where like she doesn't owe anyone explanation for things that this is like, this is her show, right? Yeah. And so I think that alone, like her having that posture about so many things for me has mm-hmm. just really solidified like my mom is her own person and she does not feel that because I am her child that like she needs to genuflect and you know become this softer you know caricature of like what motherhood is she's like you know my name is janet and i'm your mother and this (laughs) is how this works right um and so i think that's really cool in the sense that it's also empowered me to be the same way right that Mm -hmm. i don't need to fit myself in a in a box to make this story you know that will help other people understand who i am yeah you don't need to explain that yeah did your mom ever talk to you about anything that was like very particular to like being a woman and or were there like specific cues that you picked up on from your mom of any kind of like gender cues or anything like that um i think yes and not just her i think just in family in general like mm-hmm. we are a matriarchal family so mm-hmm. Um, my grandfather died when my mom was in her early teens. Um, so it was my grandmother, right? Who was in the household. And, you know, she was helped by my great grandmother who was like, you know, the, the senior elder. Right. And and she had three aunts who were also, you know, involved. And then even on my dad's side, like his father died when he was really young. And so his mother, you know, was a single mother and raising three boys. Right. So I Mm -hmm. come from a family of women who run shit right yeah like just by virtue of the fact like we are what's here and we have this family that we are you know raising and leading and supporting mm-hmm. um and so for me um coming from that like everybody in my family has a pin- an opinion right <laughs> like we all have an opinion about something none of us are shy right all yeah. of us are really assertive and have these really bombastic per- personalities and yeah. things like that yeah um and i think that is a really cool way to grow up and understand womanhood, right? Yeah. To understand that, like, you can do anything and you should do everything and you should try because you can and that yeah. there are limits put upon you. And there are limits, you know, in terms of the intersectionality of being Black and female, right? But yeah. But that, that those things do not 
prevent you from doing your best and going forward. Yeah. Um, and I think, too, my mom, you know, in her love of shopping, right, mm-hmm. she also <laughs> um, was a really good example that, like, style and intellect are not um, combative, yeah. right? Like, you don't mm-hmm. have to choose between those things. Yeah. Um, you can be excellent and intelligent and commanding, but you can also wear, like, a really mean pair of shoes, right? And you yeah. don't have to choose those things. Yeah. Um, and I think in her partnership with my dad, what you see is a man who really understands that too, right? And who really mm-hmm. champions that and really likes that. And in his raising of me, right, because I'm his only girl, is right. really, like – both my parents are like avid, like, you know, my dad always says, like, shine your shoes, like, make sure your hems are, you know, lined up, like yeah. those type of things. So yeah. it's interesting to come from that as a as a model um, in terms of men who get it and women who live it. Yeah. You think that your dad is like, I want you to be a, the type of woman that your mom is? <laughs> like, is he like, you they, know? It's interesting because he he has said to me, like, you know, randomly at different points growing up, like, you know, look at mom, right? Like, look look at mom. Like, I remember um, when I was in high school, he said something like, you know, he's like, you go to really good schools and you're really smart. And he's like, and, you know, there's a chance that, like, you're going to make more money than the man that you're with, right? Mm-hmm. There's a chance that with all your education and all the things that you're capable of doing, like, you know, you could just surpass him. And he was like, and that's okay, right? Like, don't feel like that's something that you have to negotiate. He was yeah. like, you know, he was like, and it's not even about the person necessarily, you know, having a corporate job, right? He was like, you know, he can be a plumber. Does he own his plumbing business? Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. there's a there's a way to still have ownership and still have agency and still have authority and power yeah. in these, you know, quote unquote, blue collar positions that people, you know, may not think is like, you know, prestigious as, you know, corporate or white collar work. So yeah. um, he's definitely pointed to her, you know, in terms of a, of a model, um, because I, I think when my mom graduated from Villanova, her degree was in social work mm-hmm. and she like, you know, completely changed to like working in pharma and, you know, mm-hmm. doing the, um, you know, the whole corporate exercise, right? Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And so in my formative years, right, she's like climbing the corporate ladder and, mm-hmm. you know, she's the one who's going on business trips, right? Because my dad works a nonprofit. So like she's the yeah. one going on corporate business trips and things like that. Yeah. And he, he has said on multiple occasions, like, look at mom, like, you know, when my mom would come in frustrated about something that happened at work, you know, um, her, you know, experiencing discrimination about different things. Like he would point to that. First of all, I could overhear them, right? Like yeah. talking about things. Yeah. And I think that that's one thing people don't think a lot about. And I've thought a lot about in my own relationship, like how much of your relationship as a person of color um, is about the workplace. How mm-hmm. much of that do you bring home? Yeah. Um, if you are, you know, a, a black couple and you're talking about like the racialized experiences that you have had at work. So I've sat, you know, in the next room in the same room and watched them have those conversations and watch my mom be really frustrated about something. And my dad give like advice about what he, she should do and how she should respond. Right. Mm-hmm. Like these strategy conversations that yeah. you have at home as a couple mm-hmm. and then you go out into the work and, and actualize. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, those would happen and, you know, I would experience something at school 
or something. And, he, and my dad would say, like, look at mom. Like, these are things mom, you know, also experiences. You have to be prepared and ready for blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm, so he mm-hmm. definitely points to her as an example of, you know, how do you position yourself and, and, and prepare yourself to know that, like, this is something that, you know, will happen again. And how do you fortify yourself in that way? Yeah. Did your mom ever talk about race and or specifically about being a black woman? Yeah, our parents, well, my family in general, like we're pretty candid about that. You Mm -hmm. know, my dad was involved in black liberation groups. My grandmother was really involved or my mom's side was really involved in the NAACP and Mm -hmm. things like that. Um, so we have those conversations all the time, right? Like we we watch the news and it folds into a conversation about right. like oh, provides many many ramps <laughs> to that conversation. Yeah, it's like oh well, yep, that makes sense because blah 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 blah. So yeah. you know, she's definitely had those conversations. Um, it's interesting as I've gotten older because um, as I now come home and talk to them about things that I experience at work, my mm-hmm. dad will give you know, some insight and, and, and my dad has even more realization or more, I guess, understanding of, of the things I experienced, like as a black woman, my mom Mm -hmm. will chime in about that. Yeah. Um, Because I'll say to him, you know, we talk a lot about like power, right? And so who is the more threatening person in the room at work? Right. And the three of us will have conversations about that, right? Yeah. Um, You know, that, yes dad like you know black men are certainly be you know seen as threatening do they have more grace though and shared social spaces yeah you know in a way that black women don't because as a man you're still expected to have some level of assertiveness and what right. happens when it comes from me right because i'm black and i'm a woman and and so that right. pulls me farther out of like the box of like understanding for folks right mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. we talk about that all the time i don't know that i don't think we disagree i think you know it's illuminating to all of us in terms of how we experience those things so mm-hmm. it's 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 fun in its own way it's fun as a family to kind of talk about those things yeah are there ways that um that your mom has ever like pointed to that things are dramatically different for you in this generation than they were for her yes um so my parents celebrated some milestone anniversary not long ago and i think this year is 40 years oh my god really they've been married 40 years yeah i think is that weird wow um but like i think it was at like 35 and again i was like doing the math and i was like (laughs) how old were you when you got married i think she was like 26 or like 28 or whatever and she's like well yeah that's not that young and i was like and i like paused to beat and i was like mom what if i got married at 26 and that for her like snapped it in perspective and she was like oh my god i would never want you to be married at 26 Mm -hmm. but then she said but it was different right she was like because i had two kids and dad had a kid and she was like and you know people didn't go to school forever and ever the way that they do now right Mm -hmm. like so we both had our degrees and like we had kids and like nobody's gonna be out here like playing you know we got three kids like you know so like we're (laughs) We're ready to settle down yeah so um she talks about that. My dad talks about that a lot too. Like he marvels at like all the things that like me and my friends do either professionally or personally. And mm-hmm. he like always wants us to like come to the house and like talk about like, talk about like our lives as like young people That's and so that cute. kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. He's like really interested in like, you know, like being in the know. Yeah. Um, and my mom, you know, I have a couple um, sets of friends who are married and my mom really is interested, I think, 
in what young motherhood looks like, right? So I have a, a girlfriend of mine. Um, she and her husband have a three-year-old now. And my mm-hmm. mom is like, she really likes them as a couple too. So she's like yeah. really interested in like, you know, well, she does so many things and she's back and forth and he's really busy and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Um, she does, she does note, you know, just how education alone has changed. Like, the timeline of like expectation and those type of things. But I think yeah. my mom is also a romantic at heart, which I'm finding as I get older and it's really <laughs> weird. So did your mom ever sit you down and talk to you about sex? And if so, what was that conversation like? No, I don't think so. Like, I don't remember. My dad always laughs. He's like, we never had like a birds and bees conversation. I'm yeah. Like, it's fine, sir. Really. Um, <laughs> Please don't do it now. Dad. Don't keep it. It's fine. I know how it works. Um, <laughs> You know, I don't think we ever had a conversation. I think I was a very perceptive kid. Mm -hmm. And I did my math. (laughs) And I was like, all right. And I remember, like, there were girls I knew growing up who maybe got pregnant when they were younger. Mm -hmm. And my mom just kind of being like, it sets you back, right? Yeah. Um. But there was never anything, there is never anything I can ever remember anyone saying to me pointedly either about how sex works or anything Mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. I think that, I don't know, I I think that like the overwhelming message I received was like, don't get pregnant, right? Yeah. And I was like, well, I don't really want to do that anyway. So like, that's fine, right? Yeah. Um, But no, I don't think that. I don't think that I ever really remember anything. And I'm, honestly, I think my mom in her own ways can sometimes be prude, right? Yeah. Like, she doesn't really want to talk. Not that she doesn't want to, but, she, you know, she she gets to the point, right? Like, I remember yeah. telling her once, like, my period was late and I couldn't figure out why. And I thought it was, like, you know, my pill or something like that. And, mm-hmm. like, she just deadpanned and she was like, did it come? <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, well, yeah. And she's like, then I don't care. And I was like, all right, well, (laughs) good talking to you, lady. Like, you know what I mean? Like, she was just kind of like, Mm -hmm. you know, like, let's just, let's just keep these trains moving. And like, unless you feel like something's wrong, like, yeah, we're good. Like, sometimes it's late, you know, like that happens. Bodies do weird things. But like, unless we have something we really need to talk about, like, let's just, that's, that's fine. That's so funny. Um, and I think that that was just because, like, like I said, like, growing up, like, I knew people who, you know, who gotten pregnant early and, like, mm-hmm. me just being like, yeah, nah. And, it, and I think overall, too, like, I uh, she might feel differently, but I don't think that I was a kid that was ever really in a lot of trouble. Mm-hmm. Right? So, like, I've always been risk averse. My mom is the disciplinarian between the two of them. Yeah. I want no smoke. So I was just kind of like, <laughs> it's fine. Really, everything over here is okay. Um, <laughs> we don't need to talk about anything. I'm fine. Yep. Yeah. Like, I had, like, perfect attendance from, like, fifth grade till I graduated high school. Yeah. So... <laughs> they weren't really too worried about me like doing too much. You know, like we've talked about this before, but I'm curious to hear you say about a lean in kind of narrative around like motherhood and work and how like how much of a white middle to upper class narrative that is given that, you know, black mothers have always worked. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. So 
my mom has always worked. Um, I went to private schools on Philadelphia's main line where there are a lot of, you know, wealthy white women who do not work. Mm -hmm, Right. mm -hmm. And so um, the dads, though, worked. Right. Right. And so what was interesting, I think, for me about my childhood is like my dad was the one who was going on field trips, right? Because yeah. my mom was at work, yeah, trying to like climb and like do the ladder thing, yeah, or yeah. And my dad has been at the place that he's worked for like the last like forever years, like yeah. long before like thirty at least, as long as I've been alive, yeah. Um, and so, you know, it's interesting to hear like people talk about like leaning and like for women who work, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, okay. Sure. Like this, this guide is not applicable to me. Yeah. And it's also patronizing that you all are hawking this. Yes. Um, number one, because usually the authors of those type of texts never acknowledge their own privilege and allowing them to choose whether they work or not right choose whether they work do it all like you're never doing it all right like you have a cast of characters you have a supporting cast who helps you it's like when people are like you have the same amount of time in a day as beyonce and i'm like yes and beyonce has assistants and schedulers and chauffeurs and whatever right yeah there there are folks who help you you know in any case along to your success and i think you know again speaking in terms of like my mother and my grandmother and great-grandmother right like she acknowledges like i I had all this help from my yeah i had help right and so and that help is to help you succeed as well as like the children that are now involved Mm -hmm. um you know my grandmother was working until the day she died Mm -hmm. um my um father's mother was a domestic right Mm -hmm. my dad will say you know with pride like she was a hustler right like she Mm -hmm. was a domestic but she like did other things like to keep money coming in and i think she had a speakeasy which is actually kind of hilarious right but like you do Mm -hmm. you do what you need to do right yeah you know when you are a black woman of a certain time to like keep keep the trains float because you've got kids and you know and you 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 have people who are responsible for you yeah Um, and so you know, for me growing up, like, my mom, you know, it was weird because I'd be like, well, do you want to come to the field trip? And she's like, I'm not coming on the field trip. Like, my mom is not a field tripper. <laughs> she's not baking. Like, again, like, understanding very early her personhood. Like, she's mm-hmm. not sitting with the Easy Bake Oven. You know, she's, like, telling you if you want to paint, like, go downstairs to the basement or, like, take that outside, but you're not doing it in the living room because I just had these floors done. You know what I mean? Like, she's that person, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it's weird because it was almost like a gender inverse, right? Because then my dad would sometimes come to the field trips and my dad would, like, come, like, you know, come to little things and would be, like, all these white women with, like, cookies. (laughs) And my dad, the black guy, right? And he was cool. Like, he held his own or whatever. And, like, um... People like, you know, people even to this day, like, well, like, oh, how's your dad? Whatever. Because like, they remember like, oh, hey, how's Mr. <laughs> Dave? Whatever. But like my mom, like, was the one who like was very actively trying to fortify like her career. Like yeah. she is, she is, she wants to check, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And she works hard for it and she makes no apologies for it. And um, that's a great guide, I think, for little girls to have, right? Yeah. Because even in terms of what it also taught me about men, too, that, yeah. like, men can be out and, like, you know, my kid wants to go to the zoo, so we go to the zoo. You know what I mean? That yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Um, 
So yeah, I guess we're somewhat non-traditional in that way. You know, my dad worked, you know, has always worked too. He's like one of those men who never take a day off, but certainly yeah. like when I was a kid, like I'd be like, dad, please, we're going to the please touch museum. And he's like, all right, I can, I can come out for a couple of hours. And my mom would be like, I have a meeting. I'm like, okay. There's a whole theory called, uh, I think they call it, it's like the intensive parenting theory that's like, um, you know, this woman came up with and a lot of other scholars were like, yes, yes, this is a thing. And it was just really focused on this idea that work and parenthood are always inherently in conflict that like mm. that like every mother must have a conflict about this and it was so blind to like every community but white middle class yeah. women you know it's yeah. just and, and with her like her parenthood my mom's parenthood style <laughs> is she both my parents are old school, right? They're both like we're the parents, you're the child. Like, yeah, we don't we don't owe you any explanations for anything. Even now, like if I asked you to yeah. do that, like that's what you're going to go ahead and do. Like mm -hmm. we are, we're not into like consensus and like yeah, no. negotiation. <laughs> and I would go to these touchy feely schools, and they'd be like, yeah, leave that where you found it because that's not how this operates, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, um, yeah. And so you know, the interesting thing about them is like my mom was very. Um, early on, I think deliberate in terms of the things that she wanted me to have access to, right? Mm -hmm. So um, she put me in piano lessons. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they were there, you know, for every concert, right? Like she mm -hmm. wasn't coming to field trips, but like if I had a show, like she was there, right? Yeah. She was there for the show and she yeah. was clapping and whatever, excited. That's so cute. Um, you know, they were deliberate, even in terms of, like I said, I went to these very you know, fluffy shishi schools. My parents are not, you know, from fluffy shishi places, right? Yeah, so they yeah. countered for my own benefit and for my own wellness and for my own wholeness as a black person, right? Yeah. They would like, okay, so we did shishi for the school year and now we're going to put you around the way for the summer. Yeah. Because we can't have like a daughter whose brain is all scrambled, right? Yeah. And who, who has these like, um, identity crisis about you know being black because you know from the first three years of my education i was the only black kid yeah um in my class and they zoned in on that very early and they were like okay we're gonna put her here so she has opportunities and we're gonna take her out and we're gonna put her you know in the hood for the summer so that she like also knows that this is a part of who she is, right? Yeah. Because this is where we're from and we don't want this to be alien, yeah. alien to her. And yeah. we, we don't want her to be one of those people who can't translate, right, between these worlds that she's going to have to navigate through. Yeah. Um, so they were very deliberate about that. Mm -hmm. um, throughout my education, you know, my mom was, she's a product from, you know, grade school through college of catholic school education mm -hmm. um my dad is proudly a public school kid mm -hmm. so they you know their um philosophical differences in education like always kind of came to a head and my mom always won like she was like no <laughs> she's going to private school like i don't care that she went to public school like she's going to private school and yeah. so that was like very much her hand in saying like this is this is what i want for her yeah um and then, but also understanding, like, but let's not let her get too far away, and let's make sure that you know she she understands like where she comes from and, yeah. and how that's a part of her too. Was there anything in watching your mom or just like 
you know, being your mom's daughter that like influenced how you thought about having kids one way or the other? (laughs) So my mom has often told me I'm the youngest of three on her side. And she Uh has often told me um, she doesn't like children. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Only recently has she even really gotten to the point where like, if my nieces or nephews come over, that they Mm -hmm. can come over without my sister. Like even now she's like, "Mm, I don't know about this grandma thing, but like, Mm -hmm. yeah, that you can come bring, you know, are you staying? Um, That's so funny. And I think it, I think she's softened as she's gotten older, which is interesting to see, but she has never really been a person who's been like banging the like have, have kids drum. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I think she even, I think in part because she's had children so early, right? And for so much of her life, she, yeah. you know, is just kind of like, you know, they're cool. She even told me recently, she was like, they're cool. She's like, but, you know, when people are like, it's so rewarding. She's like, what's the reward? I'm, she's like, because all I'm doing <laughs> is spending money. So like. <laughs> I love your mom. I feel like I she's my spirit animal. Yeah, she, you know, she's just very like, I mean, they're cool. But, um, you know, I think she, my dad is really into, like, the idea of me having children. I think mm-hmm. that's a man thing anyway, right? Yeah, legacy, like, right? Oh my, God, my legacy. You, yeah. My line. Yeah. Um, but my mom was like, I mean, you know. She even said to me once recently, like, you know, I didn't know you, that you wanted to have children. Like, she was kind of curious. She was like, would you? Like, is that something you want to do? Because I, yeah. like, I couldn't get a read on you. And I, I don't know if that's something, like, you want to do or not do. Or yeah, whatever. yeah, yeah. But she's very much like, don't have three. And I'm like, I'm your third, so thank you. Like, <laughs> don't have more than two. Yeah, mm-hmm. she's like, don't don't have more than two. Like, have the one and then maybe the other one to keep the first one occupied. But, mm-hmm. like, and I'm like, oh, okay, thanks, mom. That's so um, funny. Yeah, it's cool because... um. Or it's funny because my dad has said fairly recently, like, we should have had two. And my mom's like, the hell we should have. Uh-huh. He's like, oh, like, can't you see, like, having two of Maya? And she's like, no, no, I cannot. Like, she's very, like, my mom is a person who likes her life, right? And she, yeah. She, she likes the order of it and the predictability of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and she even says with me, like, and, and said in a conversation we had last week, like, I don't know how people parent without good partnership mm-hmm. she's like you know like your dad was an awesome partner yeah um, she's like in so much of you know us was like coordinating like you and what you're doing and where we need to be for you to do it and she was like and then we had mama which is my great-grandmother she was mm-hmm. like you know and she like helped because what yeah. they invariably wound up doing with me is they would pick me up from well my dad would pick me up from school he would leave work and he would pick me up and he would take me to her house. Yeah. And they would drop me off and he would go back to work. Yeah. And then I would be there until, you know, he would then, I think sometimes it would carpool and they would mm-hmm. like, you know, come from downtown and they would, you know, pick me up. So yeah. it, it's, it's the village thing, right? Like, yeah. Um, and so also a big part of who I am is in being raised by my great grandmother in part yeah. two, right? Because yeah. Because now I'm like... I'm sitting all day with someone who was born in 1905, right? So like I'm I'm in this like retro spirit of like child rearing, right? Yeah. She like was amazing, but she was also very old school, right? Like yeah. I have vivid, you know, child of de- the depression. So yeah. I remember like <laughs> favorite story about her is like she could never cook. Really? She couldn't That's cook. That's so funny. And it's crazy because her daughter, my grandmother, like was an amazing cook but for whatever reason like that was not granny's blessing i don't know Mm -hmm. like i don't know why but like that was not her strong suit and she 
it took me a while like to realize this but she would like you know she would ask if like we wanted cheeseburgers because my cousin would stay over too uh-huh during the day while my aunt was at work so my mom and my aunt like all of their children have similar birth times right yeah so it's yeah, yeah like my oldest cousin my brother or my sister or my next cousin then me and then my other cousin are like the same year yeah um so we would be over there and granny would be like do you want cheeseburgers so you know you're a kid so you're like yes like totally sure. want cheeseburgers and yeah. then i would be like oh shit she can't cook <laughs> and the cheeseburgers <laughs> would be like little lumps of coal and they would be like mm-hmm. super black and round and really dark and then mm-hmm. you'd be like well you know you're a kid so you're like burgers whatever his cheese yeah but yeah the thing i would forget is that you know when ketchup gets to like the very bottom, there's yes. like no ketchup. Yes. Well, to a child of the depression, there's still ketchup in that bottle. Mm-hmm. And so she would pour water in it and she would shake up the bottle mm-hmm. and I'd be like, Why didn't I check before I said oh, no. I ketchup? It's the water ketchup. It's the water ketchup. <laughs> and she would like squeeze it and like splatter. And then you know, now you're like, Oh fuck, I don't really want this burger. I know. And she'd be like there are children in Africa who are starving. You better eat that burger. And you're like, oh, now I have to eat the burger. So yeah. it, it's like a generational thing of like this person who is frugal and conscious of food and that yeah. kind of thing. And like mm-hmm. that being like part of your childhood, right? Of like you have to eat all of this stuff. And yes. then like, you know, parents who were like born, you know, in the 40s and 50s and yeah. have like a whole different, you know, viewpoint even on race Mm -hmm. like i remember like growing up and them very much being like you know we're black we're black we're black and like granny being like adamant that that is not what we were really yes i have a vivid memory of talking to her about something and she's like you're not black and i was like but my mom says i am like what do you mean like yeah we are and she's like hand me that pen so i like handed her the pen and she'd be like she wrote on the envelope and she's like what color is that and i was like it's black and she's like Right. She's like, we're colored. And I'm like, whoa, like, but no. Wow. Yeah. So it's like, even like this, this That's really interesting this thing, right? Of like, yeah. how you identify yourself as a black person, like yeah. watching it travel in time. My dad's all like, say it loud, I'm black and I'm proud. And Granny's like, nah, <laughs> we're Negroes. And you're like, okay, maybe. My mom's like, don't tell other people that. I'm like, okay. She's okay. like, don't say that at school, especially. I'm like, okay, <laughs> cool. Do you feel like your sister and you have similar relationships with your mom or like very different? No, very different. Really? Very different. Um, Because we were raised by different people. So I have a different understanding of my mom because I was in the house with her every day. Right. Um, My sister was raised for, for the most part by my grandmother right yeah because like she was little and then and then your mom was in school my mom was in school right and then she came back with my mom and then my sister was like eh, i was kind of used to you know living with Graham, so i'm just gonna like i want to stay here and so mm-hmm. um she has a different their relationship is funny um and i'm really proud of them for the way that it's developed especially recently mm-hmm. like in the last couple of years yeah um, because they are more alike than they are different. Yeah. And when you have two very assertive black women who know all the things and are, are loud and not to be outdone, it's very combustible, right? Yeah. Where like my sister, um, I think it's taking her some time to understand that personhood part. 
Yeah. Right? Right, because she didn't have that experience so with I, your mom. I yeah. Think, I think it's taken her a minute to appreciate that. And I think mm-hmm. it's also, my mom has had a lot of, I, I'm taking credit for this. I think mm-hmm. my mom has had to learn that, like, you can want your children to be any number of things, but they're going to be who they are. Yeah. Right? And so she has had to learn to like kind of let go of like certain expectations Mm -hmm. or to have to stop insisting so much that things are the way that she designs them. Right. Um, Because, you know, invariably like you have to trust that what you taught your kid fundamentally is what sticks and what they do with that is what they do with that. Yeah. Um, So yeah, they, we have very different relationships with them. Like my mom doesn't let me to, doesn't even allow me to drink around her. Really? So yeah, they're very old school. Like, cause for them, especially my dad, you know. I guess sp- I don't really drink around my parents either, cause they it just feels not. weird. I, because they, they're very old fashioned too, and I just yeah. it just would. You know, I don't know. So yeah. You know, my they both say like parents don't drink with children. I'm like, okay. And my <laughs> sister's like, do you have any more Bellinis? And I'm like. <laughs> And so my sister was like, mom, she's grown. No, she's not. And I'm like, it's fine. I, I don't feel like having this argument. It's fine. I, I'll save the calories and I'll have water. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Or cranberry juice. <laughs> yeah. Your sister's a mom now too, right? So are there things that she does that, that are totally where she's like, I'm going to do this different than mom or things that your mom notices her doing that she's like, oh, I wish she would be more strict with her kids or anything no, like that. There are lot of like actually which is the funny thing about it it's like my mom even said the other day she's like sometimes it's like watching myself yeah um and i think i don't know if my sister well because they were raised by the same person right your grandma yeah so it's it's interesting because my mom was like sometimes it's like watching myself and i'm like what's happening she said it's eerie for her yeah um i don't know if my sister notices it but like i've seen it i'm like oh i know how this story ends (laughs) um but yeah, so they're 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 a lot. They even look alike, right? Mm-hmm. There's so much about them that is so so similar, mm-hmm. um, and so it's just kind of funny to watch them interact because they are exasperated by the same things about each other. They yeah. love the same things about each other. Yeah. Um. So it's it's interesting to watch them. I think I'm more of an even split between my mom and my dad. Yeah. I think depending on my mood, I err towards her. My yeah. dad is like the diplomat and like very even keeled and rational. What is your mom's love language? My mom's love language is protection. Um, I think a lot about like things that she's done or things that she said. Um, and I can honestly say um, in any case, good or bad, like she is fiercely protective of all of us, including my dad, but especially the three of us. Mm-hmm. Um, she like, does not forget any slight against any of us um you know she you know was never with any of her meetings or anything like that ever too busy to like come up and like you know um represent me so to speak like in parent teachers conferences or something like that like she was always very protective of our reputation and our self-esteem right and so if anyone like even slightly looked like they were maligning us like it's over right um and, you know, she's a long memory. So she's like, and like she, my mom was a champion grudge holder. It's like yeah. 20 years later, she's like, that girl's mean to you in she's kindergarten. Like, I don't like, I don't like her. And I'm like, <laughs> she's like 12, but okay. Um, 
Yeah, she's like she's the longest memory and she she's also a person and I think she's probably been this way, you know, in her own life and so it just transfers naturally like mm-hmm. it's nothing for her to cut somebody off. Yeah. Right? Like she's a person like, "Oh, you hurt me, you disrespected me, you whatever." Like there's there's no business here. We have nothing to continue and it's over. Yeah. And, you know, for me, I'm the I think I'm the most sensitive of the three of us. Yeah. So like she has a lot of trouble understanding like things, right? Cuz for her it's like, "Oh, okay, dead, keep it moving, it's over, whatever." And I'm like, dead to you "But now. I'm, I'm so upset." And she's like, <laughs> "Why? Why are we upset? Like the facts the facts of the case are this. Yes. So let's just move on." Yeah. And so, yeah, it's it's interesting talking to her about like being emotionally intelligent about things because like I'm like the touchy-feely kid and she's like I mean, it's fine. We don't have to talk to this person anymore. Yes. It's over. My mom has done that too. I feel like she's like steadily gotten rid of like every single one of my parents like mutual friends for like <laughs> some slight or another. So yeah, she's like fiercely protective. Like she's a mother like like a lioness to her cubs right Mm -hmm. like it's nothing for her to like and sometimes you have to pull her back right like sometimes i'm like mom like i don't need you to like i remember once she wanted to call like this guy on my behalf and i was like please don't she's like i'm gonna call him and i'm gonna let him know and i'm like nope you're not gonna do that nope it's fine like if you want to give me some talking points maybe we can discuss that but like please don't call him she's like yeah like that is her thing and i think you know when you're younger right like you don't and especially like as as like i said as direct as she is Mm -hmm. like you don't always get that that's coming from a place of love right like it feels like control and it feels like you just want things your own way and like you don't understand yeah and she has no time for the theatrics and she's like i don't care like it's over it's a wrap like we're not talking about this anymore i said what i said and so yeah it, it was hard for me like growing up to like understand that but it's like one of those things now that i so envy about her because it's nothing to her right like she she when she is hurt like she processes it and then she just moves on from it and the situation is dead Mm -hmm. and she just moves on and i like take a minute to like process and kind of wallow and feel all the feelings and go through the stages of grief and she's like often looking at me like what is the problem Tell Me About Your Mother is produced by me, Amy Westervelt, with additional production help from Michael Ann Petrella and Natalie Wekeser. Our music is by B. Beeman, that's B-H-I-B-H-I-M-A-N, and original illustrations for each episode are drawn by James Guthman. You can follow us on Twitter at About Your Ma or on Insta at TMAMPOD, that's T-M-A-Y-M-P-O-D. We're part of the Critical Frequency Podcast Network. That's the network that I co-own with Maya Francis, another journalist. She and I really feel strongly about supporting women podcasters, and we hope you do too. If you feel the same, please check out our Patreon campaign. It's under Critical Frequency, and any donations there benefit all the podcasts on the network. So if you can give, please check it out. If you can only give a little bit of your time, we understand and we'll take it. Please give us a review or a rating at the podcast store or wherever you listen to podcasts. It helps us find listeners in the increasingly crowded world of podcasts. 
If you want to get in touch to suggest someone to interview or you have feedback for a show or just want to talk about your mom in general, feel free to shoot me a note anytime. I'm at amy at criticalfrequency.org. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Mm-hmm.